You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So Mishnah is poetic and it leads gently from place to place. Maybe in the same line as Tanakh does. So it's very common in Tehillim, for example, to see the last idea at the end of a Pasuk linked to the first idea at the beginning of the next pasuk. In other words, to see the end connected to the beginning. Pasuk, pasuk. Look, if next time you're in Pasuk de Zimra, just if you look through, you'll, you'll often notice this pattern. And chapter 23, where we're beginning today, in the Mishnah of Shabbat, is going to really focus on doing business on Shabbat. And that's a new topic. It's following on from questions of really liquids and water in the previous chapter. But it's very interesting that the chapter begins with liquids, as if it's going to build gently from the liquids we discussed in the last chapter. And then we're going to get into issues to do with doing business and what we may or may not do. So we're moving step by step from topic to topic as we move to the close of the Masechet. So we begin with liquid. A person can borrow from his, well, its neighbor or friend. Um, jars of wine and oil. Maybe we've run out of wine or oil. Maybe we've run out of wine or oil on Shabbat. We need some more. We need to feed guests. So we can borrow. Provided he doesn't say to him, Halvani. Halvani could be translated as lend to me. I've translated it here as lease to me. Because the commentators are saying that the Halvani seems to be a professional way of saying lease. In a way that, uh, um, you know, let it, it, the expression halvani implies a professional lender. And if we're dealing with professional lending, you know, we're concerned that someone is going to write something down or um, uh, make a record or um, do all kinds of things that might possibly... Um, we might break Shabbat. So we can say, we can borrow, but we can't use language that implies professional lending. Shoel Adam Mechavoro, a person can borrow. Provided he doesn't say lease to me or lend, provided he doesn't use professional language. And similarly, and similarly, a woman loathes from her, can borrow loathes from her neighbor. And generally, the language of the Mishnah is gender neutral, but it's very interesting in this case. A person, an Adam, these Mishnayot all begin with the word Adam, which generally means humankind, but a woman specifically seems to be borrowing bread. And if he doesn't trust him, clearly this is a lender not trusting the borrower. He leaves his talit, he leaves his cloak with him, and he reckons with him after Shabbat. 
And he makes an account with him after Shabbat. And a cloak was very often used, by the way, as security for a loan in the time. In, it's even known in the time of um, in Tanakh, actually. In Tanakh, we hear about leaving a cloak as security for a loan. So clearly they were still doing it in the time of the Mishnah. Now, when similarly, if the eve of Passover in in Jerusalem, falls on Shabbat, Erev Pesach is a big deal because you need to get your Pesach offering through, um, you need to get it slaughtered and you need to get it cooked in order to get ready for Pesach. And we're not going to cook it on Shabbat. But if Erev Pesach falls on Shabbat, we're going to slaughter it on Shabbat. And that's going to be really complicated. I mean, the the temple does slaughter on Shabbat. But can you imagine, if you can think through the logistics of everybody bringing their Pesach lamb to the temple on Shabbat, because Erev, we need to do it on Erev Pesach, right? And Erev Pesach is falling on Shabbat. This is not Pesach falling on Shabbat. Pesach falling on Shabbat is pretty easy. Erev Pesach on Shabbat. In other words, is a Erev Pesach on Shabbat is a big deal. Maybe we don't have a lamb. Maybe we need to buy a lamb. And that's really the context of this Mishnah. Maniach Talitoet Sloven. Um, um, so you might leave your cloak with the vendor and take your Pesach and make an account with him after the festival. So we are kind of borrowing on Shabbat, but we need the borrowing for a mitzvah, I guess just as we need the food for entertaining guests. And we're going to make the account after Shabbat. And then we're going to get into other kinds of business. You can a person can count his guests and his desserts. Paraprotav is a sort of special kind of it's a special kind of food. A person can count his guests and his desserts by word. So this is referring to someone who did actually write the list of guests before Shabbat. And somehow, even though we're permitted to kind of count them off, um, we can count them off sort of verbally, just maybe counting round the table. But there's something businesslike about referring to a written document that we prepared before Shabbat. You know, intuitively it makes sense to us to prepare before Shabbat by writing out the list, but... Somehow, there's something businesslike about it, which the Mishnah doesn't like. And along the same vein, it continues. And he can cast lots with his um, children, the members of his household on the table. Um, only provided he doesn't kind of cast lots with a large portion against a small one. Mishum Kruvia, because of gambling. Gambling, the Mishnah doesn't like gambling, and it's we certainly aren't going to gamble on Shabbat. But actually, they do kind of gamble in the temple. It's, it, it, it is known that we cast lots for different sacrifices. 
ומצילין חלשים על הקדושים ביום טוב, we are going to cast lots for, for sacrifice on יום טוב, אבל לא על המנות, but we're not going to cast lots on individual portions. And then now we get really into the heart of business. לא, לא יסקור אדם פועלים בשבת. A person doesn't hire laborers on שבת. So we're getting into core business activity here. ולא יאמר אדם לחברו לסקור לא פועלים. And we, we're not going to say to someone, say to our friend, to hire laborers for him. So we're not going to say to someone to do something which is forbidden on Shabbat. Ein mach shikin, mach shikin, sorry, ein mach shikin. Mach shikin comes from the root choshech. Choshech is dark. And mach shikin means to hang around around nightfall, to wait for nightfall. Ein so we're not going to wait, wait, we're, gonna not, we're not going to wait for nightfall at the Shabbat boundary. Interesting that this is just about the first time in the Masechet. We've gone through 23 chapters of the Masechet. I think this is the first time that the Mishnah has really got into questions of where the Shabbat boundary was. But around a town, there's a distance of 2,000 amot. And we don't travel further than 2,000 amot on Shabbat. It doesn't affect us so much in Washington or in London because the boundary only, only begins at the edge of the city. So we can walk more than 2,000 amot within the city. But we don't walk more than 2,000 amot outside the city. So this is the case of someone who's going to go to the edge of the, of the trum, the edge of 2,000 amot outside the city, and he's going to hang around there for nightfall, so that immediately when night falls, he's going to hire laborers, or maybe he's going to bring fruit home. And we're not going to do this. Someone doesn't do this. But, aval, machshich hulishmor. We might do that in order to watch the crops. And if we've done that, if we've gone to the Shabbat boundary to watch the crops, then, of course, we can bring back stuff with us when we come home. And Abba Shaul is now going to state a general principle. Klal Amar Abba Shaul, Kol Amirato, anything that I have a right to say, Rashai Ani Lahach Shich Alav. I am permitted to hang around for nightfall for. So what's he saying? And what's this got to do with watching produce? Well, the Rambam is going to explain. Let's just look. Let's just look at the Rambam because he, it's, a, it's an incredible saying of Abashur. It doesn't really make sense. Well, I don't know. It may make sense to you, but I found it very puzzling when I read it. Klalamar Abashur, kol shani zakai b'amirato. Abashur stated this principle. Whatever I have a right to say, Rashai Anil Hashich Alav, I am permitted to await nightfall for. So the Rabbam explains. Everybody agrees that a person can say to his friend, Watch over my fruit in your Shabbat boundary. So maybe I've got a field near someone else's town. Everybody can say, watch over my fruit in your Shabbat boundary. And hey, 
I will watch over your fruit in my Shabbat boundary. So watching in principle is permitted on Shabbat. It's not a forbidden activity. We need, we may need to do that to protect the fruit from robbers or animals or whatever. And so the Rambam continues, Just as it is permitted to command one's friend about watching, Thus, it is also permitted to await nightfall for watching, i.e. something that we can command for, we can hang around and await nightfall for. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.